0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Star Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're gonna get right into this and I'm gonna throw this over to Zach.
1: Thank you so much, Renee. So we actually just had a little conversation off mic before we started recording that reminded me of a movie that I I've kind of been meaning to recommend for a while. Um, because I watched it a while back I thought it was kind of interesting Not the, the most riveting film uh, In fact, it's uh, kind of the opposite It's kind of <laughs> it's the least riveting film you'll ever see Which kind of makes it the most <laughs> riveting film you'll ever see uh, We were talking about a, 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 a relic of the bygone era And of course talking about the American shopping mall And it just so happens that someone actually made a movie About uh, a year in the life of a shopping mall Called Jasper Mall That's Jasper, J-A-S-P-E-R uh, apparently, there's a mall in Jasper, Alabama uh, mm-hmm. that they filmed at. And they basically just kind of followed around the guy who I guess he's uh, the manager of the mall. He's the head of security. He's uh, basically, I guess, does everything in the mall because <clears throat> they can't afford any other employees. Uh, yeah. So it just <laughs> it just kind of follows him around. Uh, It is, it is not, uh, it is, it is not white knuckled entertainment, but there is something kind of interesting about it. And I think every single American who grew up in the last, uh, you know, 50 years has probably some memories, some fond memories of going to the mall. And I'm not going to say we all miss them. I mean, I, I I definitely don't necessarily miss the mall. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it was par- probably part of growing up, and you have some nostalgia for it. So, uh, if if you're like me and you uh, you do have some fond memories, then yeah, maybe maybe check out Jasper Mall uh, and kind of get get a look into what what a dying mall actually looks like when it's on life support. Um, this one is on Prime Video, the Roku Channel, Voodoo Pluto TV, Plex, and uh, apparently something called Filmsy F I L. M Z I E. I swear, every single time. I swear, every single time we we record. Literally every week we record. I see uh, (laughs) a new streaming service (laughs) on here. Um, but there you go. So if you're a filmsy subscriber, <laughs> yeah. this is, I don't know how much content they have on, it might actually just be this one movie. So you might, you might have to watch this, but, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very riveting and, uh, very boring at the same time. So check it out. And, uh, speaking of very riveting and very boring at the same time, uh, Bill, what's your first pick this week?
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And you can also find me on flimsy. Um, <laughs> Filmsy is a terrible... I, you know, I realize there are a lot of streaming services and all the good names have been taken, but I would have thought that one through a little bit more. <clears throat> well, uh, mine is um, Hammer Films, 1974. And that's, other, uh, in other words, Hammer Films, Dying on the Vine. This is uh, the, a great studio. They made classic stuff, just absolutely some of my favorite movies. By 1974, they were Dead Men Walking. Um, Night of Living Dead shot them and uh, the Exorcist put the final nail in the coffin. They just didn't know what to do, but they went out um, with a couple of... Some of my favorite stuff is Dying Hammer because they're just literally throwing everything against the wall. And this one I feel like could have been a success had it come out a few years earlier. It's uh, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. And needless to say, yeah, yeah, I'm totally there because I love vampire hunter films that's you know that's what horror of dracula is it's you know who cares about dracula it's the vampire hunters that's true for the original novel and that's the way it should be and captain Kronos was their attempt to create a series with um a new hero it's true peter cushing and christopher lee were getting a little long in the tooth they needed some new blood and they got horst jansen or jansen i don't know how you pronounce it um, and the the plot of this is when several young girls are found dead, left aged and void of blood. So this is a different kind of vampire. It's more of an energy vampire. Um, one the local doctor gets his friend, Captain Kronos, vampire hunter, and his uh, hunchback assistant to come and go after this. The assistant is the sage. You know he knows he knows all the stuff. And Captain Kronos is a good-looking guy with a sword, and he knows how to use it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, it writes itself. Um, It doesn't completely work, because at this point, the budgets were getting small. This one really needed that old-school hammer when they were still at Bray Studios, that rich Terrence Fisher texture. This was, um, I can't remember who directed this. It was the only film, oh, Brian Clements, who was also a writer. I think he wrote this. I think it's the only film he directed. And he, he acquits himself adequately. But there just isn't enough gas in the tank left. And although Horst is a... I don't know if he's a great actor or not. He he looks good. He fits the role right. He, he's good with the swashbuckling and all. There is zero chemistry between him and the leading lady. And that's a problem. Because the leading lady is Carolyn Monroe. Gay men have chemistry with Carolyn Monroe. I mean, this is <laughs> Carolyn Monroe, 1974. Absolutely ravishingly beautiful. She's still a great looking woman. Um, yeah, and you're just waiting for something to happen, but and, and it does, but it doesn't, it looks like it's only there because it's in the script. I mean, there's no enthusiasm going on here at all. But they, it does give us some cool vampire stuff and a different take on it. There's a scene where they're trying to kill this vampire, and they're trying all the various ways because there's like 20 different kinds of vampires, and there's 20 different ways to kill them, which is kind of a neat thing. I think they could have done a lot with this. Believe it or not, Hammer was under the impression that Captain Kronos was a time traveler. And that was their plan for they were going to have Captain Kronos in modern times and ancient times and all kinds of things, which is not that a makes great makes sense idea. with the
3: name. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, you know, basically, he's he's got a TARDIS. Uh, yeah. And then that would have been interesting, but... It didn't make any money at all. If you see the poster, it's like, wow, they did not have a budget. This looks like, it's like Photoshop before Photoshop or what we used to call bad collage. Uh, it, it, things have really gotten cheap. But like I say, even even dying hammer is still hammer. So uh, give it a look. It's on Canopy. Um, and it, it is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good time. And I will throw this over to the lovely Renee.
0: Well, thank you very much. So, my first recommendation, I really liked the way that IMDB described this, so I'm going to steal this little uh, caption from them. A futuristic, sensitive tale of adventure and confrontation when a 10-year-old boy is accidentally kidnapped by a spaceship filled with a motley crew of space pirates. (laughs) It's such a great description. This movie is called... Space Raiders, it is from 1983, and it is a sci-fi action film, Uh, and it is pretty much exactly like they described. This young boy is accidentally kidnapped by these space pirates. You know, he gets on their ship when they're in the middle of some other stuff. They didn't mean to kidnap the kid, they just, there he was. And also, for the fans of Galaxy Quest, I do (laughs) believe that this was the movie that inspired the aliens, just so you know i, I don't think they were watching star trek i think they were actually watching space raiders yeah so uh <laughs> but this movie it's very 80s it is got a little cheese uh it's very fast paced it's got laser battles and spaceship you know space chases and the cast is great it's not a lot of recognizable names um but it's just, they, they do a great job. It's, it holds your attention, which is kind of difficult with a lot of movies now. But it's really fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, yeah, this movie is called Space Raiders. And I believe you can watch that on Tubi. So, yeah. I, I also,
1: I, I, sorry, I just want to cut in here and mention that, like, this, the, just hearing the description of this film, yeah, this is basically a Guardians of the Galaxy prequel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I thought I Guardians, thought that's I what you were going to recommend.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah. You see, this movie it inspired a lot of other movies. Apparently, I'm looking
2: at the trailer right now, and one of the aliens is a Ferengi, mm. which is interesting. You which know, style. yeah, it really is I I the kid. Yeah. The kid looks the kid looks really really uh, cute and precocious. And I'm pretty sure I would want to have him thrown out an airlock after ten minutes, but. That's the Goonies lover in me talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the kid, right? Now you're probably going to be like, "Where have I seen this kid before?" But he's not really been in a lot of other stuff. What he was in was the Twilight Zone remake, where the episode was called Exam Day. Yes, do you remember?
2: (laughs) Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. He was in that wonderful episode of the Twilight Zone yeah yeah I really like it. Um, and I think he's still doing some stuff now, you know obviously you know behind the scenes work. So yeah, so that's my recommendation. Space Raiders. and I'll pass this on to uh, Paul.
3: Why thank you, Renee? well, uh, my my recommendations are sort of related to, to yours and uh, and Zach's because it's it's space and a documentary. it's Apollo 11 from 2019, which would have been the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. It's currently showing on Hulu and Roku TV. I caught this on the big screen when it was out. It's absolutely gorgeous. They took a lot of old footage. They took, a, you know, basically footage from the time. There's no real narration. It's all just the the archival footage, but it's really cleaned up. And I, I strongly suspect that, like, some of the audio is the kind of thing that, like, um, Peter Jackson did with his World War One thing where they, the audio is recreated um because some of it's really clear and just doesn't seem like it would have been went Mm. with the videos but it's it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous uh just really loving uh story about uh, apollo 11 and our and the moonshot uh it's i'd recommend watching it on the biggest screen you can um so or just sit really close to your phone um and uh, so that's Apollo 11 uh, from 2019 on Hulu and Roku TV. And speaking of moonshots, I pass this to Bill.
2: Oh, geez. Oh, you, you caught me unawares here. Okay. Um, <laughs> hold on. Well, let me get back where was I? I was. Because I was just cruising through IMDb. Uh, Renee inspired me. And curiously, I think I think whoever is writing the descriptions must just recycle them because... I'm looking at this description of mine. A, a futuristic, sensitive tale of adventure and confrontation when a group of young people are kidnapped by some politicians. Uh, <laughs> through politicians. Yes, it's Sallow, the 120 Days of Sada. I'm kidding. I can never get through that thing. Um, now, um, <clears throat> 1974, although it, it may have been made a little bit earlier. To me, this is the last great Hammer film. Uh, Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Why is it the last great one? It's got Peter Cushing as Dr. Frankenstein. And the the genius of hammer is that their Frankenstein movies did not follow the Frankenstein monster. They followed Frankenstein, the actual Dr. Frankenstein, which, you know, all of us smart boys know the the monster was not named Frankenstein. Yada, yada, yada. And (laughs) Dr. Frankenstein is way more interesting. At least he is when he's played by Peter Cushing and the, the films do not have a religious consistency of continuity, but there's enough of that that you can actually see an overall arc that Frankenstein started out as this idealistic, though highly amoral scientist who wanted to, you know, defeat death. And in this, the final film, after all his many defeats, his many failures, he is uh, an elderly, insane, crazy person, quite appropriately living in an insane asylum, which he is a patient of and also runs and still trying to put the monster together. And, um, Cushing is just so good in this. He's wearing the most dreadful wig I've ever seen. It's like <laughs> he, he has scalped Helen Hayes and just put her, you know, bloody scalp <laughs> on top of his own. Um, But he's great in this. He is so good in this. His hands are burned. So when another young doctor who did something and got in trouble uh, is sent there, he takes him and, you know, he's taking care of all the patients. Oh, this guy's a violinist. What lovely hands he has. Hmm. (laughs) And then there's some guy who's like a crazy person, just a crazy killer with the strength and basically the body type of, they say a Neanderthal, but he looks, he's, he's David Prowse. He's David Prowse in this horrible, full-body makeup. It's the most monstrous of all the Hammer Frankenstein monsters. Yeah, that's the one they put the brain into. Why not? <laughs> sure, sure. Ah, that always works out, Doc. I don't mean to tell the man his business. Um, And there's a beautiful mute girl and there. The, the guy who's the head of the asylum is a sleazebag. It's directed by Terrence Fisher. And quite frankly, when I say I'm a Hammer film fan, what I really mean is I am a tremendous fan of Terrence Fisher. Because he's the one who did most of the really great Hammer films. And the ones he didn't do were made possible by the ones he did do. I I love his. He was a a great, great director. Liked to drink. Liked to drink. And there would be a whole lot more films uh, from Hammer by Terrence Fisher if uh, he hadn't kept getting run over by cars. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah that you know it's like this was going to be directed by Terrence Fisher but he was run over by a car and broke both his legs you know I mean that story should happen maybe once in a person's career but I'm pretty sure with Terrence Fisher that eh, three or four times some variation of you know now how does a guy get hit by a car that often he was a drinker he was a total lush this was the last film he did he did live for a bit longer could have gotten some more films out but they just they could get insurance off this guy mm. Which is a real shame because I just I just love his directing style. It's just totally. If you're in film school and they're gonna make you do something, you know, write a bunch of stupid, boring stuff, just do the films of Terrence Fisher. He's not well known as much as he should be, so you'll get away with it, and you, you'll get to watch some great films too. Uh, a lot of fun, and just the last shot of the film, to me, is just a brilliant send off for the whole Frankenstein series. And much more than the Dracula series where, you know, there was not a whole lot of rhyme or reason. The Frankenstein series really does hold up. Just just take horror of Frankenstein and flush it down the toilet. Because it doesn't have Cushing. And if it's a Frankenstein Hammer movie that doesn't have Cushing, it ain't worth shit. So you can just ignore that one. Watch all the others. Watch them in order. And uh, just pure brilliance. And I send this to Zach. Zach.
1: Thank you, Bill. Uh, so it's actually kind of a, a coincidence. Paul had a documentary about space, and uh, I actually also have a documentary about space. Although this is a uh, slightly different type of documentary or slightly different uh, subject. And uh, I, I have to say, I've actually only watched one episode of this, but it, it grabbed me. I had to uh, I had to stop because I was getting late, but. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hope that the there are only four episodes. Hopefully, the three latter episodes aren't ap- absolute garbage. But um, so you know, take this with a grain of salt. But uh, so yeah, the the name of the uh, documentary is uh, "Heaven's Gate: The Cult of Cults," oh my. and it is oh, wow. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a four part series on. Uh, Yeah, Heaven's Gate, which uh, for, like, I was vaguely familiar because obviously, um, you know, they they all, it's, I I believe, the the largest mass suicide on U.S. soil in 1997, which I was, you know, I was 13. So I remember hearing about it, um, but it's not something I really, like, knew a whole lot about or I hadn't, uh, you know, apparently there were a lot of stories leading up to that. Um, But for anyone who doesn't know, uh, this was a... Uh, a cult that uh, was founded by two people who uh, called themselves Tea and Doe, and they uh, basically <laughs> preached this. Uh, and I, I might be actually messing this up a little bit because it's so insane. I feel like I need to go back and rewatch the first episode just because it, it's kind of hard for me to like wrap my round, my head around their, uh, their philosophy or their theology because it's just so crazy. But um, I, I guess basically uh, they were going to teach people how to transform into immortal aliens who would get on a spaceship and go to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. but uh, and of course, ultimately they ended up uh, uh, all killing themselves, uh, although not all of them because there are former members that uh, they interview uh, who kind of give some insights into what the uh, the, the first episode kind of uh, covers the first a couple years which uh, i guess they kind of started forming the cult in 1975 so uh, there are people who were kind of there early on and kind of got to uh see how these people were, were recruiting people into their their group so again only watch the first episode uh normally i watch a whole series before i recommend it but uh this one just seemed really fascinating uh really crazy stuff again kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because it's <laughs> there's just a, a lot to digest here Um, But uh, Heaven's Gate It's Heaven's Gate The Cult of Cults uh, And that is on HBO Max uh, All four episodes And uh, Speaking of uh, People who I Suspect are transforming Into immortal aliens uh, (laughs) I will pass this Over to I don't even know Because I think uh, uh, I'm not going to name names here, but someone named Paul. Oh God, sorry, I just did it. Uh, mess up the order, and now I actually don't know who needs to go next. So, I didn't mess up um, the order.
3: I you I I passed it to the next person who needed. It goes to Renee. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, then I'll pass it to Renee. Uh, if that is your real name.
0: Maybe. Maybe not.
3: Yeah, but though you did leave out the most important thing is that they were also web developers. So. Oh well, that explains a lot. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not to that. I'm not to that point yet because I was only in oh, the the 70s. Spoilers. So, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, alert. Thanks a lot. Spoilers. Great.
3: Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Renée, sorry. I wonder how it is.
0: <laughs> so, uh speaking of things you might have a hard time wrapping your head around, so okay, you guys know that I like movies that are just have a certain flair to them, if you will. Uh I prefer to call them delightfully ridiculous. And uh, this movie is no exception. This is a this movie is a bit of a spoof on the classic sci-fi B movie genre. It is absurd. The uh, there's some equally absurd special effects in this movie, and an equally absurd title. It is called Trail of the Screaming Forehead. Yay! Oh, yay! Yeah.
2: Oh, you've heard of this movie? Oh, good. Oh, of course, Larry Blumier. <laughs>
0: Yes, thank you, thank you for also telling me how to pronounce that. Um, no, this movie is sh- yeah. oh, this movie is full of just clever puns and you know a lot of tongue in cheek jokes and it's ridiculous and it just it's just funny and you just laugh through the movie and it's just you you know sometimes you groan but it's just great. The cast is great and you're probably thinking to yourself the cast. Well, who's in this movie? Well, who's not in this movie is more of the question. Uh, there's Now, some of these names you might not you know, recognize off the top of your head, but I promise if you saw them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like Daniel Roebuck or Brian Howe or Dick Miller, who also oh. was in Space Raiders. Uh, Betty Garrett, Kevin McCarthy, and one Mr. Ray Harryhausen. Had to throw that Woo-hoo. in, even yeah, it was only in there for a second. And both of these movies, also I should mention, have just a little, little teeny tiny dollop of stop motion. So <laughs> these are that's my second recommendation. It's called Trail of the Screaming Forehead, and you can watch that, of course, on Tubi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think that's it. No, you, me, uh, me. Oh, me, oh me, you I didn't, oh, more. you didn't, oh, nope, that's it. Does anyone have anything to sing us <laughs> that's out it. with? let's sing us out. Good night, everybody, thank <laughs> you. Oh, <laughs> I
1: got one more.
0: Oh, I got, so, I got uh, another
3: documentary about space.
0: Okay, space, okay. Space, um, space. So, uh, So I'll pass this over to Paul. Why, thank you, Renee.
3: <laughs> so, you know, my first one was Apollo 11, and everyone knows that, you know, the last moonshot was Apollo 17, but actually it wasn't there was a secret department of defense uh, moonshot apollo 18 a year later and something happened and this film apollo 18 from where they've it was released in 2011 is uh, a footage one might say found footage a mm. secret footage of the the this the apollo 18 the last moonshot and watch it and you'll find out the real reason we haven't gone back Ooh. So, And it's playing on Hulu, Roku, Pluto TV, Pluto TV, Pluto TV, Pluto TV <laughs> <laughs> Shout TV, and Plex. So that's Apollo 18 from 2011, and it's why we haven't gone back to the moon yet until we go back a couple years from now, and then they'll find out. And I think we are done now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to sing us out with?
3: Well, I actually had something lined up, but you know, uh, Tale of the Screaming Forehead." Unfortunately, there I can't find the lyrics. Oh. I can't find the lyrics, uh. but it does kind of go like this: "It's Trail of the Screaming Forehead," and then there's something else, and I don't remember what else. <laughs> <laughs> I, looked, I looked, I looked, I couldn't find the lyrics. That's um, this, like, they sang it twice too,
2: and it was just And like...
0: that's, was Larry Blaymore, Larry Blaymire's wife.
2: Oh, oh yeah! it? Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she, yeah she's also Animalia in um, the um, Lost Skeleton movie. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, okay. I was trying to find so. that one. I couldn't find it.
2: Oh, um, La- oh Lost Skeleton of Cadaverism.
0: Yeah, I figured of, it It yeah. also looked ridiculous. I thought, oh, i got to watch that.
3: Yeah, so sorry I couldn't, as you know, so I, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll do as a bonus, I'll do one that fits with, with my two and it would fit if uh, one of you guys had recommended uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion as well. Fly me to the moon And let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is life like on Jupiter and Mars I screwed that a party. In other words,
0: hold my hand For the weekend of May 12th, Bill recommended Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, available on Hoopla and Canopy, and Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, also available on Hoopla and Canopy. Paul recommended Apollo 11, available on Hulu, the Roku Channel, and the History Vault, and Apollo 18, available on Tubi, Pluto, Hulu, and the Roku Channel. I recommended Space Raiders, available on Tubi, Freebie, and Pluto, and Trail of the Screaming Forehead, available on Tubi, AMC Plus and DirecTV. Zachary recommended Jasper Mall, available on Prime Video, the Roku Channel, Voodoo, and Pluto, and Heaven's Gate, the Cult of Cults, available on HBO Max. In other
2: words, I love you. I think you found your, your niche here. You actually do the bass pretty well there. Why, thank you. Yeah, you need to do... You know, what, what do
3: you mean, my niche? I mean, you didn't like my singing all along? What?
2: No, your singing's been dreadful. But I think, you know... <laughs> you <need> to... <laughs> yeah, you need to lower it a couple of octaves, and now it's actually... Oh. <laughs> Somebody once told me it's <laughs> gonna yeah. rule me. You I gotta play to that 45 at 33, and then it's did. actually pretty good. Hmm,
3: there you go. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'll do Old Man River. <laughs> old man river okay there you go we got it
3: river